Hill. Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. is Amy and you're listening to episode 28 of the podcast. Today we're finishing up our virtual book study of Francis Chan's book Crazy Love. As part of our study we also read the book of James as well as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John out of the Bible so we certainly had a lot to talk about over the past couple of months. If this is your first time listening I want to welcome you. Please stick around. It's totally okay that you haven't been reading along with us. I think the discussion can still be helpful and relevant, even if you aren't participating in the reading. But as I often say, this is a podcast, so if you do want to participate in the reading, you can totally do it. That's one of the benefits of podcasts. You can do them on your own schedule. So if you're looking for something to work through and you need some flexibility, this might be a good option for you. Just grab a copy of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, and start reading. You can go back to the older episodes of the podcast and listen to the discussion of the book as you read. For those of you who have been listening in and reading along, you know, again, we're finishing up our Crazy Love study today. We read 2nd and 3rd John out of the Bible this past week, and we read chapter 10, which was the last chapter of Crazy Love. But before we get into our discussion this week, let's stop to pray as we always do. Whenever I come to the end of something like this, when I see something through to the end, it's always a special moment with the Lord. Sometimes, you know, starting something new is really hard, but often I think finishing it is even harder. So as we come to the conclusion of our time together in this study, let's prepare our hearts to thank God for his faithfulness in seeing us through this endeavor. In many ways, hopefully, uh, what we've learned here is not over. In many ways, uh, hopefully it's probably, hopefully it's just beginning in a lot of ways. But still, we want to take time to thank God for entrusting us with the seeds that he's taken care to sow in our hearts over the last many weeks. So uh, please join me in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For some reason, those verses in Romans chapter 8 are coming to mind right now. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, 
and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your love for us, Lord, is very great. It's more wonderful than we can even imagine, and yet we often struggle so much to believe you even tolerate us. We constantly battle fears that we're failing you, that we're a disappointment, but your word says no one can bring a charge against those whom you have chosen. We cannot be condemned because you have justified us. Christ died and was raised to life in this very minute. Christ intercedes for us at your mighty right hand. Grant us faith to believe that now, Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So Lord, help us to sincerely enter into belief right now. We don't want uh, to pray in a rote way. We want to pray in faith. Help us to be mindful of the reality of your existence and help us to have confidence that you reward those who earnestly seek you. Right now, Lord, we want to sincerely thank you for bringing us through this study of your word and through the book Crazy Love. I know we're all still processing through how you want what we've learned here to be reflected in our individual lives. Um, help us to be sensitive to your leading, Lord, not just in the days and weeks that follow the conclusion of this study, but also in the months, in the years, and in the decades to come. We don't want to ignore what we've learned. These are not truths that uh, are meant to be tucked away on a shelf like a book after it's been read collecting dust. No, Lord, these are truths that are meant to be kept open before you, ever before you, so you can lead and direct us where you would have us go. Seasons and circumstances and life change so quickly, so what you have for us today might be very different from what you're going to lead us to do tomorrow. Help us to uh, take what we've learned with us. So we're sensitive uh, to your leading, Lord. We do thank you again uh, for your faithfulness and bringing us through this study. You are so faithful, Father. Help us, your children, to be faithful as well. Again, it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, if you listened last week, you know I was basically in the middle of a story when the podcast concluded. It was like a podcast cliffhanger to be continued. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, 
You might want to pause this episode here and go back and listen to that one first. Uh, for those of you who did listen, in order to refresh your memory, I'm going to play a clip of last week's episode, again, in order just to bring you back up to speed, okay? So remember, I had finally come to a place of surrender. I was willing to give it all to God again, but things also felt noticeably different. I knew things couldn't go down the way they had before, and yet I also knew I was incapable of preventing the very same things from happening again. So I finally took it to the Lord in prayer. Again, this is a clip from the last episode of the podcast. Listen in. I got down on my face to pray. I remember praying basically something like, okay, Lord, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I need to be completely clear with you on this up front. I can't do this. I can't do any of this, Lord. You know that. I already tried this and I crashed and burned. So if you want me to do it, if you want me to do this thing with you, you're going to have to be the one to do it in me because I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. Praying that prayer was so significant for me. Immediately after I prayed, this thought popped into my head. I believe it was the Lord. Uh, I immediately had the thought, okay, Amy, finally. Now, now that's something I can work with. Finally. Finally, I was at the place where I was basically admitting I can't do this. I was admitting that God was going to have to be the one to do this. And I believe the Lord uh, didn't just speak that confirmation into my heart. I also believe he confirmed that with scripture. Shortly after I prayed that prayer, God gave me uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says uh, this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I am sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Who began a good work? That verse says, he began a good work in you. And who will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus? That verse says that he will bring it to completion. This, uh, I like to say, was my first sword. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 both refer to the Bible, to God's word as a sword. And this verse was the first verse I learned how to wield like a sword. It was the first verse I learned to fight with. Uh, we all have our different hang-ups. Maybe some of your hang-ups are the same as some of my hang-ups, but Finding a verse that speaks specifically into our hang-up, memorizing that verse, and using that verse like a weapon against the world, the flesh, and the devil, that changes everything. Uh, I used to be plagued with one thought over and over and over again. And, and that thought was this, you will never 
be able to sustain this. You will never be able to sustain this. What are you doing putting yourself out there like this? Who do you think you are speaking out? You are going to make a fool of yourself. You're going to make a fool of God. You'll never be able to sustain this. You'll never be able to sustain this. And here was the craziest thing about that narrative. Listen, friends, here was the crazy thing about that narrative. Are you ready? <laughs> that narrative was true. I would never be able to sustain this. I would never be able to sustain this. But he who began a good work in me, he promised to bring it to completion. And so guess what? I was able to answer the enemy right in the middle of that. I'm not hoping in me. That's why I'm speaking out. That's why I refuse to be silenced. That's why I'm not ashamed of making a fool of myself or making a fool of God. Because he who began a good work in me promised to bring it to completion. said, trying harder doesn't work for me. Trying harder doesn't work for me either. And if you're trying really hard out there, it's probably not working for you either. After I started clinging to Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, like a straight up lifeline, I very quickly discovered I had no idea how to live my life in a way that actually allowed God to work in me. Everything in my life still seemed to be born out of my effort, and I struggled with that. I wrestled with God over it. I remember praying earnestly for a while. This wasn't just one prayer, one and done. I was praying and praying for months and months. It may have even been over a year. I was just struggling very much with the practical application of this truth. I remember it obviously meant so much to me to have the confidence in God and not myself. That changed everything, but I still didn't quite understand it. I remember praying, how do I let you do a good work in me? Everything I'm doing feels like my work. Everything I'm doing feels like my effort. And we already know what happens when it's my effort. It can't go down that way again. Please help me here. I want to give you control here, but my day-to-day -day is still feeling a lot like me. Please help me understand not just how to believe you will bring it to completion, but help me to understand how to practically live that way. Help me. Help me. Help me. I mean, I prayed this literally every single day, I think. And finally, again, many months later on a day, I wasn't expecting it. God finally gave me a picture for how this works. And that picture has stuck with me. It stuck with me really ever since then. I probably shared this story 50 times. If not more, it means that much to me. Uh, what happened was as I was preparing to facilitate a Bible study at my church, the topic uh, we were going to be discussing was on sin, I think. There was a page in a workbook that we were supposed to have worked through as homework the preceding week, and that workbook page was just 
filled with a super, super long list of different types of sins. I think it had like two or three columns, and in each column, all these different sins were listed, and it had every type of sin you could imagine. Lying, coveting, gluttony, slothfulness, murder, anger, lust, pretty much everything you could possibly think of. And I think we were supposed to rate those sins in order to find out which areas we struggled with most. And so I remember just looking at this list of sins, this overwhelming list of sins. And I had uh, scribbled, you know, some numbers next to some of the sins here and there, especially the ones that were, you know, significant sin areas in my life. And I was just looking at this list, thinking about how to help the group I would be leading process our homework. I was trying to think about what we could take from this exercise, what to do with it. And I remember clear as day reading down that list and seeing things like overeating, watching too much TV, rage, being lazy, wasting time, unwisely spending money, coveting something a friend has. And I'm just reading down this list. And as I'm reading, I come upon a sin that said something like not spending time with God, reading the Bible and praying. And I remember I almost tripped over that sentence. I was looking at that sin like, what the heck are you doing on this list? This quote unquote sin was nothing like any of the other sins listed there. It was like being lazy seemed more related to murder than this seemed related to the other things on that list. This quote unquote sin, not spending time with God, reading the Bible and praying, that just seemed to be so significantly different from all the other sins. It just didn't seem to belong there at all. And the reason I didn't think it belonged there was because I knew Abiding in God is the only way any of the other sins on that list would even have a chance of being overcome. No one was going to be able to shake those other sins in their own strength. If they tried, it would be like one big giant game of whack-a-mole. You know, <laughs> one sin might get pushed down, but two more would pop up on the other side. It was never going to be possible in human strength to keep all these areas of weakness in check. And so this idea of not spending time with God, reading the Bible and praying, it just seemed like the source through which victory in all those other areas would come. And that's when I started to realize the answer to my prayer. That's when I started to understand. You and I I've got good news for you. You and I, we basically have one job. I'm a little bit ADD. I actually am. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger. I've been doing really great with it uh, in my adulthood. The Lord has really uh, helped me to know how to cope with a lot of those things. But I really like to be able to kind of focus on one thing. When I've got too much going on, I can get overwhelmed really easily. So I've got, I, it was great news for me when I realized that we basically have 
one job. Abide. Abide in Christ. In John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains attached to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, friends, we're heading our separate ways for a little while. We've got a little summer left to enjoy. The fall will probably be here before we know it. Unless Christ returns or calls us home, our life is flying by. I learned the reality of that in a very powerful way two months ago with the sudden passing of my friend Pete Aki. Our lives aren't going to wait for us. We don't get a do-over of this. This is it. This is our shot at living. This is our shot at loving. This is our shot at knowing God and glorifying God in the one life we have to live here. Don't believe the lie I believed for so many years, the lie that you have to clean yourself up, that you have to buck up in order to do the work God has called you to do. We can't do anything in our strength. If we're trying to pull this all together, we better be good at whack-a-mole because that's what we'll be playing until we finally give up and quit. What God showed me through John chapter 15 verses 4 and 5 was that you and I, we have one job. We have one job. Abide. We just need to abide in Christ. And as we abide in Christ, as we stay connected to him through prayer and reading, through church attendance or the way we spend our time, when we just make our relationship with him the priority in our lives, he will cause us by his Holy Spirit to bear fruit of righteousness in all those other areas of our lives as well. This doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you don't plant a seed one day and pick a tomato the next day, okay? Fruit takes some time, so be patient with yourself, you know? You might still have a cursing habit even though you're trying to read your Bible and pray, okay? Uh, you'll think to yourself, I'm a hypocrite. Well, I've got news for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you are a hypocrite. We all are. Uh, I've heard it said that if you find, you know, a perfect church, a church free of hypocrites, you ought not to join that church because if you do, you'll, you'll ruin it. Meaning every one of us is a hypocrite. Every one of us is still in the process of being sanctified. Um, let's let that cause us to extend more grace to others and rely more desperately upon the finished work of Jesus Christ in our own lives. Uh, that being said, of course, you know, abide in Christ long enough, and I can promise you, I can promise you, you're going to see some tomatoes. You are going to see some fruit, baby. Yes, you will. And it won't feel like you had to try so super hard. You were, you know, you were just hanging out with your friend, your friend who loves you and who shows you better ways to live, a friend 
who leads you in the path of righteousness and light and life, a friend whose yoke is easy and burden is light. And of course, that friend is the Lord Jesus. Abide in him. That's your one job. I hope this book, Crazy Love, has been a challenge for you in your faith, but I pray it does not paralyze you or in any way cause you to think about the burden uh, that, that you're supposed to accomplish, that that's somehow been shifted to you. Trying harder doesn't work for me. Trying harder won't work for you. Slowly, we've all just got to learn to pray for God's help and ask him to become the greatest love of our lives and our greatest heart's desire. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.